You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Oh my God, I'm excited because today's guests are some repeat guests that I am obsessed with because I love watching their TikTok, which has blown up since they've last come on the show, in addition to their podcast that I always see ranking in the charts. Please welcome back the Brav Bros themselves, Mr. Steel and Shooter. What's up, everybody? Happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, Zach. How are you guys? I mean, I see I see Craig Conover mentioned you. Like, I always see your TikToks trending on the internet or on my phone. Because TikTok's not technically on the internet. It's on the, the phone. Um, but you guys are blowing up. Yeah, I mean, it's been insane ever since. Um, pretty much since we came on last time. It's been a whirlwind the whole time. Um, the TikTok thing, I literally, my wife was down the shore and I was really bored on a Friday night. And I was like, she kept telling me to make TikToks. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I was like, you know what? I got time. So I made a TikTok. I posted it and I fell asleep and I woke up the next day and totally forgot. Like three hours later, I was like, oh yeah, I should check and see how we're doing. We had like 6,000 followers like overnight. Yeah, it was <laughs> so pretty it's been I mean awesome. The first video that Steele put up there, it was like a pretty like creative idea of like the women leaving the house and Steele got to have his alone time so he could watch Bravo with his dog. And that kind of blew up overnight, got us 6,000 followers. And honestly, like every week we put something else out and we see like hundreds of thousands of uh, like, I guess, watches or um, views. And then we have like five to six thousand dollars more, or five to six thousand followers. More. I wish we had five to six thousand dollars more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. All in time, all in time. So, do you feel like your audience is mostly like women that are watching you because they want to hear what their husbands are thinking, or is it more you know closeted brav bros that are kind of secretly watching and they want someone to to kind of shoot the shit with? It's a little bit of both, honestly. Um, I mean, I think the demographic is mostly still women, like middle-aged women. Yeah. Uh, but we do bring in a, a pretty young audience. And we always try to shout out anytime that somebody comments, like fellow bro, bro here, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a wife. I just watch on my own. It's so nice to find people that are like me. Um, so we always try to highlight those people because that's what we wanted to reach originally. And obviously, you know, we'll take all the followers and listeners that we're going to get. But for demographic wise, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it is still women and it is nice. I think they do want to know what their husbands are thinking when they watch it. Yeah, we uh, I, I get to see like the analytic breakdown and our main age groups like 28 to 35 and it's 80 to 20 women to men, I think. But I think 20 percent dudes is, is decent. Um, but yeah, I mean, we love the interaction we get, we love all of our followers. And it's just funny. I feel bad sometimes because some of the women will comment like, Oh, I wish my husband watched it. Like he just makes fun of me. And I'm like, Oh, like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. Like we'll watch it with you. But, um, it's been a mix of kind of everybody. And like shooter said, it's really funny when you do get like a legit bra bro. That's like, Oh my God, like 
we had one guy that literally said like, you guys gave me the confidence to like be comfortable with talking about Bravo and being okay with watching Bravo. And I was like, yeah. see, that's what it's all about. That's why yeah. we're here to get all the Bravo bros to come out into the world and like be proud that they can watch Bravo. Do you have any of the ladies sliding into your DMs? No, actually. They're, um, I think because, you know, I mentioned my wife frequently and Shooter mentions his fiance frequently. And like I post videos where she's in it and um, they've been shockingly respectful. I actually was, you know, that was something I was like, I wonder if that's going to happen. And it really hasn't. It's been very, very polite, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes sometimes we get a couple of uh, DMs that are completely incoherent and we have no idea what it means. There was one the other <laughs> yeah. night that Steele Steel and I tried to read just during recording and it I had no idea what it was about or what it was going from or what you know the end game was for the DM, what the reason was. But uh, yeah, I mean, we do get a lot of DMs and it's usually just people agreeing with us or liking our stories. So it is it is pretty respectful. It's a, It's a very supportive community and we love it. That's we awesome. get some comments on uh, on the TikToks that will be like, "Ooh, like who's that guy in the green shirt?" Or like, "Ooh, Shooter <laughs> yeah. actually got credit for my thigh tattoo in a video today." Um, <laughs> uh, don't worry, I said it straight. But uh... <laughs> oh my god, I love it! And I mean, you guys have definitely built a nice little community for yourselves, and I can't wait to watch it grow. Have you guys done Ryan Bailey's show yet? Not yet. Um, we actually talked to him uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm reaching out to him via email soon, and uh, hopefully going to collab with him on that. But yeah, we have been in contact with him. I'm going to text him right now and tell him he's a fucking moron if he doesn't have you on. <laughs> he was, to his credit, he was very excited about the prospect of us collabing. So yeah, but thank you. And um, while you're texting, I will also take this opportunity again to say thank you for you know, taking a shot on us that last time we were pretty much nobody at that point. And, uh, that really gave us like a huge jump start to our following and our listeners and everybody. So we're super appreciative for what you did for us and we'll never forget it. No, I, the second I saw your content, I was like, of course I'm going to have them on the podcast. Like, you know, it's such a unique, um, perspective to have, you know, two straight men that are in relationships that love to watch Bravo and not just like to like watch it, but like, cause I was just, um, I was interviewing somebody recently. So I was just at this biohacking conference, um, here in LA and I was taping a few interviews and there were like some like legit like doctors and experts that I was bringing on. And I of course made them talk about like Erica Jane and housewives and you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it was just funny how much they were like, well, you know, my wife makes me watch the show. And so I kind of begrudgingly am watching it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's okay. You can tell me you're a fan of Beverly Hills. Yeah, exactly. It's That's okay to come out. Just take that next step, take the next step and admit that you enjoy it. It's, yes. it's okay. So what Bravo shows are you guys currently the most obsessed with? I mean, Steele, I know you're a huge Erica Jane fan. Oh, that's changed. Yeah, I, dude, my stats have shifted. It has been such a roller coaster for me that I, uh, I've had to question like myself. I've had to question my sanity. Like everything that's happened this season, I've I've been on such a whirlwind that. Uh, yeah, I, my stances have changed. I will say my favorite Bravo show right now. Um, honestly is real girlfriends in Paris. I have been loving, really? I love it's and here. I think it's because it's so light. It's so not like crazy drama. It's just kind of refreshing to be like entertained for 45 minutes without like pulling my hair out. <laughs> so, and I love the Paris food scene. I think all of the scenes that they do where they're cooking or like in cafes are really cool. So I'm like a sucker for that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, no, it's it's Real Girlfriends of Paris is it's nice and whimsical. I can't tell if I really like it or if I'm just so like downtrodden from Beverly Hills this season that seeing something that's a little more light, a little airy, a little more fun to it is just speaking to us a little louder. I actually I'm going to go with right now for what's on TV. I'm going to say it's still Southern Charm just because I I'm happy to get Steele into it because Steele didn't really watch it much before this. And he's come around pretty much everything that I said was going to happen has happened. He's come around on Austin. He's kind of enjoyed it a little bit more. Uh, I mean, we're huge fans of Paige and Craig now, which who knew that that was going to happen four or five months ago when we were on your show. So it's definitely changed things. And honestly, like maybe if you asked me before Beverly Hills, I would have said I'm excited for Beverly Hills, but now we're just, waiting for it to end and there's just something else every episode we're like all right let's let's move on let's get to a different housewife show we've got potomac on the horizon we've got salt lake city and then you know we can get into the more fun shows and we can kind of get past this and then get ready for next year but uh right now southern charm is still at the top for me are you loving Paige's integration in the show yeah and i honestly didn't think that i would because we hated her from Southern <laughs> from summer house because we just thought that she was always kind of conniving in the background. She was never really taking her beef to a person. She was letting other people do her work for her. And we ripped her apart for that uh, during the tail end of Summer House when we started our podcast. And now, I mean, we do something every week where we talk about the power rankings of couples in Bravo. And we have Paige and Craig at the top right now because they're just yeah. delightful to watch on TV. They really are. Like seeing their interactions has been so refreshing to like, they genuinely seem to like each other and they don't have, there's so many relationships in Bravo where like, you know, when they're around people, they have these blowout fights and then like everything just seems edgy all the time and not genuine. It's like being forced, you know, like the Shep and Taylor shit. And then you've got um, like all of the housewives who have shit with their husbands. So to see these two like genuinely like each other, like they actually enjoy hanging out with each other. They don't really go tit for tat. They don't fight a lot. It, It has been really nice to just watch that. But Again, like Shooter said, that is another stance of mine that has changed. And I think a lot of it's due to the podcast. Like we sit there and discuss it so much that my stances have shifted. But I love Paige now and I love Craig. And I think that they're great. And had you asked me that four months ago, it would not have been that case. Yeah. I think they're a great couple. They're a hot couple. They genuinely like are attracted to each other, but it's not in like an over-the-top PDA, like aggressive in your face type of way. Yeah. I like them together, and I'm looking forward to Winter House. Did you guys see the trailer? Oh, yes. yes. Steel pump for Winter House. His boy pump so pump on there. I know. Most the Toms the, are going to be on the, there. Yeah, yeah, the Toms, dude. I'm so pumped for the Toms. And we get to see uh, Schwartz going through the divorce, because that was like shortly after it got announced. Yeah. Oh. That'll be interesting to see on camera. Because they're all talking about it. And all, we get to see, I, I guess, his reaction, because they weren't filming Vanderpump until, like, like what a full two months after she filed for divorce something like it that was yeah. after yeah crazy but I'm, I'm excited to see i don't know i can't believe all the stuff that has gone on with the vanderpump cast like in the off season like i when i tell you i was blown away by raquel and like her drama i never saw that coming and like maybe that's now that she's distanced herself from james kennedy a little bit she's like free to kind of like do her thing but I will say, I love that she's unapologetic about it. Like she came out and said like, no, I don't regret hooking up with Schwartz, like whatever. And I yeah. like, you know, it, it gives me OG Vanderpump vibes where like there was a lot more flirting within the group. Like we talked about it on our show 
we're getting to a point with Vanderpump now, they're all getting older, they're all kind of settling down, they're having families, they're getting married, they got houses, they're not in, you know, studio apartments with this incestual group that just like jumps from the bar scene and then hooks up with each other. So Tom being single and divorced, Raquel being single, like you get that dynamic back. And I think that that's going to make for a really, really good season. So I'm so stoked for Vanderpump. Well, we also have Lala single and we also have James in a fresh new relationship. So I feel like the dynamics and all of it have kind of changed. And I think Raquel's getting way too much shit for making out with Peter and making out with Schwartz and talking to Garcelle's son. Because for me, it's like she's single. Like, when you're single, you talk to multiple people. And, like, what's wrong with making out with more than one person while you're single and, like, trying to find out who you're going to date? No, I don't think that. And I think that Oliver, if anything, Garcelle's son, would be more at fault for that because of all the things that he's going through with his ex-wife. Are they divorced? Are they separated? Just stay out of the tabloids. But Raquel can go and do whatever the hell she wants. She's single. Let her go live her life. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's way more on Oliver for even popping up in the tabloids with all of the things that are going on with that and oh. reflecting back on Garcelle. I've heard some of the scoop on all of that, and it is juicy. I cannot wait for the new season of Vanderpump. Um, I just, I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait to see Garcelle and Lisa together as the story is kind of breaking. Um. I heard she may have known going into that scene, and that may have been part of why they oh, were meeting Garcelle together. Knew? Yeah, that it's very likely that Garcelle had been tipped off to this information, and that that's maybe part of their storyline. Um, I'm not confirming that. I'm just saying that maybe a little rumor that might be floating around on like Twitter or something somewhere. <laughs> not saying that I'll I have it. any direct contact with anyone. Um, but it does look super, super juicy. And I, I I did not like Raquel at the beginning. I was like, why is she on here? We need to get her off. She's so boring. I also hated Charlie on the show. Charlie, I think we can still get rid of. But Raquel, I think, has really kind of come into her own. And we kept her around long enough to where we saw her be a little more meek and, you know, under James. And now we got to get to see her blossom and really come into her own. And I think that that's going to be really fun to watch because like you said she in the beginning she didn't do anything she was very in the background she just kind of seemed like she followed james around like holding onto his coattail almost and now i guess i'm so excited because i never knew that raquel had it in her to be like you know single and mingling and like you said no who gives a shit if she's making out with multiple people like no one's giving tom schwartz shit for doing it like why is she getting shit for doing it so yeah do your thing like go out there have some fun is the oliver thing a little messy sure but she's single he's not like that's his shit so yeah to see her come into her own after a slow start then i did end up kind of sympathizing with her because you get to know her behind the scenes a little bit and she's a very intelligent person she comes off as kind of spacey but i think she's pretty smart and um she's just so sweet that i kind of wanted to work out for her so i'm excited to see single raquel i think she's gonna light it up I agree. I'm ready for a single Raquel, single Schwartz. We've never really seen a single Schwartz. He's no, all, or a single Katie. They've always been That's together true. since the beginning. I mean, they've had moments where they've broken up, but we've never had them fully single. We have single Lala back. I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. She said the ocean's not going to be on the show at all this season. They just finished, They I think, on Fridays when they filmed the finale. Okay. So the season's yeah. now well, wrapped. And from, well, oh, 
sorry. Um, what I was going to say is um, with the Lala thing, I think Lala is going to be a tornado. I think that it's going to be just no holds barred. She's going to go off the rails. Like she hasn't been single in a while. And she was so steadfast on how good of a dude that Randall was. And she was so sticking up for him and taking that firm, firm stance for him that she definitely feels slighted, obviously for the things they did to her, but also she feels she's got to feel kind of silly for taking those firm stances and then having it all blow up in her face. So we might very well see just like unhinged Lala where she's just like, we've seen it before, you know, she just goes completely wild. Doesn't care what she says. Doesn't care who she says it to. She parties. She's just relentless. So are we going to get that Lala? Are we going to get Lala? That's now a mom. So she's kind of a little bit more mellow. Like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm pumped to see that all the single people on Vanderpump have me like all jacked up. Like I've been waiting for that one for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, and to bring it back to even to bring it back to winter house, I just hope that this season's a little less messy than last year. Last year was like a bomb went off. I mean, you had Lindsay just drunk trying to hook up with Austin, Austin and Sierra, all of that crap. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I guess Austin, is he, would he be with Olivia in this timeline or is this pre-Olivia? I think he's with her at, at Winter House. So hopefully that'll kind of remove him from all the Sierra drama. We'll get Craig and Paige, a little bit more of them together. Maybe they'll fight because they're in the same house for so long. And I mean, we're not going to have that whole mess of last year. Last year was a little hard to watch at times because they were just like all over the place. Luke was in the backyard building half of an igloo and not being able to finish it. And then coming back in, he wasn't really contributing. So I just hope that they have a little bit more substance to the actual show instead of it just being like a two week drunk fest where nothing really gets accomplished and there's nothing really good to watch on TV. Yeah. And I also, well, I do know that Luke gets thrown out of the house for making a move at Paige. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, he gets kicked out. Um, I remember when the rumor first came out that one of the guys gets thrown out for sexual harassment. And then I kind of pieced it together in watching the trailer where we see Craig getting upset with somebody and then they show someone packing up and leaving. And I was like, oh, piecing it together. It was clearly Luke. And it seems like it happens fairly early on in the season because we don't get much of him at all in the trailer. So interesting but he ends up leaving the house and I'm curious to see how that all plays out. And like, what was he thinking to think that he can make a move at Paige? Why would they have done it like two years ago on summer house when she was single and they were in the same house together? Right. Why would he do it now? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, Luke has well, always he's... had that like fuck boy mentality. Yeah. But, but he doesn't think that he saw is. that go away last year. He was yeah. actually kind of pleasant to watch when he was on summer house. They didn't really get a, a whole lot of screen time, I guess, because of that. And with Hannah being gone, but now is peculiar timing. That's for sure. I'm curious to see what Lindsay and Carl bring. Cause it seems like that seems to shake up the house a lot too. I kind yeah. of like that they are doing that with the Toms and then with Lindsay and Carl, um, because it kind of adds a new dynamic every mm-hmm. time. So then, like you said, it's not just this big drunk party fest. It's kind of the same thing. That's kind of like, you know, boring to watch after a while. Um, it's always kind of keeping us or keeping them on their toes with what house guest is going to come in next and how that's going to shift the dynamic of the group. Okay. Wow. How do you feel about Carl and Lindsay? I like Carl and Lindsay. I'm happy for Carl and Lindsay. I've had Carl on this show so many times. I've had Lindsay on this show right when they first started dating. And I was like, is Carl going to be end game? And she's like, of course, Carl's end game. Like at this point, you know, 
I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. So when I saw that they were engaged, I was like, I think this is good. They have been in each other's lives for so long. They know each other. They um, have built such a strong, solid friendship that I think they can actually go the distance. Shooters, you're the big summer house guy here uh, between you and I. So what do you, I, we haven't really talked about it. How's your, what's your stance on Carl and Lindsay? I like Carl and Lindsay. I've always liked Carl and Lindsay. I mean, Carl's been like, kind of like bopping around. I mean, he's, he was with Danielle for a little bit. Obviously, Lindsay, he brought some girl to the house this past summer. So I feel like he's just been kind of searching for himself through, you know, his sobriety and after his brother passed away. So it is good to see that he's happy. And I mean, he's he's always loved Lindsay, but you know, it's kind of gone from relationship to platonic back to relationship. So it's kind of back and forth. It's good for him to like take a stance on this now and for him to solidify that. I think he was just kind of waiting for Lindsay to finally get to the point where she wanted to be tied down because I mean, we saw it last year where she was, I think every other word out of her mouth was single Lindsay summer. This is, you know, Lindsay summer all, all the time. So it's going to be nice to not see that with her all over the place. And I think he's going to be a good rock in the relationship to kind of keep them together and I mean, they've always had like a really good friendship and it's always been genuinely nice to watch. So I'm pretty, I'm happy for them. I like them. I think so too. I, I like them together. I think they're going to go all the way because I think they balance each other out, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's sober. So she doesn't drink as much when she's with him out of respect for him. And then she is such a lightning rod that I think, you know, she kind of pushes him out of his comfort zone a little bit and gets him to do things that maybe, you know, he'd be a little more tame with. And I feel like they just, they complement each other and they balance each other. And they have such a long history with each other that I can really see this going all the way. I think so too. And I think you said it best. And that's kind of what my thoughts on the whole thing is. They just pair so well together because it's like two ends of the spectrum, but they also have a lot in common. But with Lindsay and her ability to get crazy, and sober Carl is like a different human being than old Carl. And I love watching Summerhouse to like watch him. I love how cool, calm, and collected he is always. And I love mm-hmm. that everyone else is like hung over waking up at like nine or 10. He's out by the pool doing push-ups and like getting ready for the day. And I just think that that's the perfect dude for Lindsay. And like you said, he needs to be pulled out a little bit. And I think that she's going to do that for him. So it's like, it, it, that makes sense to me as much as Craig and Paige makes sense to me. I think it's all, for all of them, it's all working out. Yeah, I agree. Are you guys big OC fans? Mm-mm. Not really. Um, I mean, obviously we kind of kept our thumb on the news and the pulse of what's going on just to just to at least talk about what's going on before we decide if we're really going to get into it and watch it. But I mean, we watched Ultimate Girls Trip. We have conflicting opinions on that with uh, Vicky and then I guess what is Taylor Taylor's going to OC this summer or next year in OC and then she's fighting for a full-time spot against yeah with Gina yeah and then that I don't know how that's going to go I didn't really enjoy Taylor on TV so I don't know if I mean that's making me not really want to watch it too much but we're going to kind of feel the the vibe for what's going on and what shows are on and what we want to watch shooters anti every ultimate girl really (laughs) just from ultimate girls not from all of them just the second one why into phaedra (laughs) i'm yeah i'm into phaedra phaedra's fine eva was fine and then the rest of them i don't really need to see ever again oh my god brandy carried that whole season phaedra was perfect comic relief dorinda was a little unwatchable oh my god you guys dorinda dm'd me the other day um really so 
I did this video on Instagram Reels. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this. I never talk about when Housewives DM me, but it was just so funny that she came up right now. I did this uh, Instagram Reel and TikTok about the uh, the queen passing. And I was like, who are queen? I was like, Bravo fans reacted thinking that they were the queens of Bravo. So, like, Bethany, right. Nini, you know, Vicky, who's the OC, the OG of OC, Lisa Vanderpump, whatever. So I listed off all of these like big housewives in the video. It was like, a, it was comedy, but um, she DM'd me and she's like, I should have been listed as one of the queens in your video. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she would. That makes like, if you asked me, guess what housewife took umbrage with not being mentioned in my video, I'd be like, oh, Dorinda, like yeah. 100%. Without a doubt. Yeah, that makes total sense. It was just funny. I was like, well, of course. I mean, I think Dorinda's in queen category now, but like, you know. I don't like because I mean I couldn't fit everybody in the video, but who would you say is the queen of housewives? Who's your queen of housewives? This is I, I don't know. This is gonna be yeah. This is gonna be contentious probably, but yeah, I guess it depends on what you mean. Like you can go queen being like who thinks that they're the ultimate housewife. I who would, would say. you consider the ultimate house? Who's your ultimate housewife? Mm. When I think of Housewives, I still think of Teresa Judice. Mm. Like, that's the first one that comes to mind. Now, yeah. do I enjoy watching her all the time? No. But when I think of Housewives in general, she's first or second. Yeah. But my queen, at least for current times, is Garcelle. I just, I think Garcelle brings so much really? to Beverly Hills that she needs. Oh, it. my yeah. God. I don't, yeah, I disagree with percent. You asked me who my favorite housewife was, and I said Sutton before the season. You were like, Sutton, are you kidding me? Sutton and Garcelle have carried the whole season. I'm still judging your decision. Steele said Kyle, and and Steele's like, I don't even know if I can watch Kyle on TV anymore. Really? I have taken a... Okay, so if you... Like, I think last time I said, like, Kyle's my number one. Yep. Opposite end of the spectrum now. So my... When I think Housewives, I will say, I don't like Teresa at all. I think that she's annoying to watch. But when I think Housewives, I do think Teresa. And I think that that's probably more, like, saying more about our background of Bravo, like before I really got into it, I still knew who Teresa Judice was. Yeah, whereas same. the other housewives I wasn't as familiar with. Now, as far as like my queen, probably Karen Huger, because I just love her. I love watching her. I love everything about her. I love Ray is just an enigma to me. Like he's he cracks me up every time he's on the screen. Their relationship. I, I, I Potomac is my favorite by far. So yeah, I would say Karen for sure is, is probably my queen. I think I have to agree with you guys with Teresa because I'm thinking, okay, who are like the big breakout like queens of the housewives? It would be like Vicky, who's no longer on our show. Bethany, who's no longer on our show. Nini, who's no longer on our show. People would probably say Lisa Vanderpump from Beverly Hills or you could argue Kyle. I think Kyle's still up for that role because she's the only standing OG and she's... Uh, I, been pretty consistent throughout the series but I think Teresa probably has brought more depth and storyline and given so much that I think it would probably have to go to Teresa um only because I think Potomac is still kind of new like the ones that are still in like their you know newer days they don't feel like they've fully been grandfathered in just yet I'm curious to see how Ultimate Girls Trip season three kind of comes out with all of those newer shows because we have Miami, we have Potomac, we have Salt Lake City. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. But yeah, I'd probably say Teresa is probably like the queen of housewives, in my opinion. 
she's the most recognizable i think if you ask people that don't really know bravo that well they would probably still be like even if you showed them a picture like do you know who this is they'd be like oh yeah i've seen her around whereas if you yeah. showed them pictures of other franchises and their celebrities they would know like the beverly hills crew because of like lisa renna obviously people know who she is and diana jenkins i didn't know who she was but apparently she knows everybody so i think that unbiasedly people would probably recognize Teresa more so. But I also think Kyle's a strong contender because not only has she been That's an OG true. since day one, but she just in terms of like mainstream recognizability, like she had an acting career before. She's getting back into acting now. She's starring in Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. She's the wealthiest and she's or the wealthiest on the current cast. Cause I think Lisa Vanderpump probably still made the most, but she's the wealthiest on the current cast. And like, is still recognizable because of her affiliation with like the Hiltons and, you know, the three sisters. And so I think I would probably say Kyle Richards is a strong number two. I think you're right. Even regardless of my feelings for her now, but I think I still love Kyle. I love Kyle. I I tried, man. I tried to defend her. I tried so long and shoot her. Like would even look at me a certain way. Like you're really going to. And finally one day I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like the the bullying I've seen is just brutal. I had to be out on her. See, I think though that people take these shows too seriously. It's reality TV. A lot of it's meant to be campy. A lot of it's meant to be, you know, it's not meant to be taken so deeply. Like everyone was so offended about the Kathy Hilton tequila thing. And I'm like, do you really think Kathy Hilton needs a tequila promotion? Every scene she's gotten on the show so far after she held out because she wanted more money that she didn't need. And every scene we get with Kathy Hilton, she's promoting her tequila. We're constantly seeing it. We saw in that same scene at the hat uh, store that Lisa Rinna and Kyle both took shots of Kathy's tequila. So I was just like, those are the petty, like Lisa Rinna going up and ordering 818 tequila. Like those are the petty things we used to live for in the earlier days. You know, I think even back in like season one, season two, season three, like we had, you know, Taylor Armstrong's domestic abuse. We had Russell committing suicide. We had Camille outing that on national television. We have Kim Richards in the deep days of her, you know, alcoholism. And we were still able to get through those storylines, which were very dark. Watching Teresa go to prison and say goodbye to her daughters and having the, uh, you know, Joe stay at home knowing that he sent his wife to prison. Like Housewives has been so much darker that I think it's just more of our perception of the shows that we hold these women to so much stronger a cat like a moral compass that we don't cast them on these shows for you know what i mean like we're not putting ramona on television because we think she's an upstanding citizen we're putting her on television because she's a hot fucking mess and we're here to laugh at her you know what i mean we don't like what she does but it's just you know i think when we put our personal feelings into it and i get it like we've invested in housewives because we've been watching a lot of them for so long that we feel this emotional attachment to them but for me i always try to watch it from just a lens of like as if i were watching you know an episode of desperate housewives on television television you know and I think even these women play up a, a heightened version of themselves because when you're on camera you have no other option but to, to play up a heightened version of yourself you know as much as you want to base it in reality I just think we've started to take these shows way too seriously considering I mean even on Atlanta Phaedra and Portia and the candy thing like that was mm-hmm. dark you know and yet here we are yeah, in these and yet people are freaking out about, you know, she by Sheree and she launched a new clothing line and it was, you know, 
clothes that we find on Sheen and they're taking that so seriously. And I'm just like, guys, it's not that deep. Like these are women that are here to entertain us, not to teach us a, a lesson in, in what it means to be, you know, a moral citizen in society. Yeah. But do you think that, and to your point, because we had those, those dark moments and those dark seasons in the past that now we don't really have that. I mean, the darkest things that we can think of right now, it's like Jen Shaw and I guess Erica, there's not a whole lot in every franchise. It seems like every franchise had something like that, that was yeah. kind of dark, that made you really watch and just watch somebody struggle through it. Now we don't really have anything like that. So people are getting kind of tired of maybe not the lighthearted stuff, but they're they're wasting their energy on digging deeper than it really needs to go because they don't have that big, dark, ominous cloud over every franchise that they're used to seeing. So now they have more energy to attack the pettiness of Rinna versus Kathy and to go after, you know, Teresa because she like called Marge fat or something like talked about her wearing her clothes, like things like that, that people just blast off on because they don't really have anything else to go after. I think that might be part of it. Yeah, but I also am like, but why aren't we watching? Like, people love watching true crime documentaries on Netflix, mm -hmm. and yet they're not projecting that sort of hostility or nastiness towards, like, criminals and murderers, you know? But yet you're going to trash a housewife because, what, she took a petty jab at a tequila on Bravo? Like, it's just, it's to me, I'm like... Guys, it's not that serious. Let's watch it from a lighthearted, fun lens. And listen, I get it. Some some of the storylines are a little heavier, are a little darker. Um, but I just think, like, let's get the fun. Like, let's put the fun back in Housewives. How, reality TV should be fun. You know what I mean? It was way worse and it was way darker back in the day. And just like a lot of shows, you look at, like, what, you know, these former, like, uh, dating shows used to be i just did a deep dive into rock of love which used to air back on vh1 and how those women were awful towards each other they would constantly call each other sluts and hoes and whores and they would get into fist fights with each other bad girls club used to be popular at that day um at that time that i'm just like how did we go from like that being okay to now you know we think Ordering 818 tequila is considering bullying to Kathy Hilton, who has all the money and resources in the world held out so that she could get more money. Um, and I guess I've dived into the Hilton family and I also kind of heard some stuff about what she really said in Aspen and the things that I've heard her say about Kyle that I'm like, I don't think Kathy Hilton is the the good person that everyone thinks that she is, um, which is why I loved this most recent episode of Beverly Hills because I thought it was so haunting and chilling at the end when we get the text messages and Rin is kind of narrating it. It just, um, I don't know. I can ride for Beverly Hills, though. That's still my favorite so I, to this day. And I know that's a controversial take. So I here's there's a few things. So I do think that your argument is probably the most well thought out to why you're defending Beverly Hills. First and foremost, we haven't really taken a stance on Kathy. We're not big Kathy fans here one way yeah. or the other. We've heard that there's some pretty damning things that are potentially coming out. So we've kind of stayed back and not jumped on that bandwagon where everyone's saying like, oh, Kathy's so fun. Kathy's this, Kathy, like she's this and that. We're kind of waiting to see what happened. We really haven't discussed her a lot. We kind of just stepped away from it until we see what's going to happen next. As far as the tequila thing goes, I didn't think that was that big of a deal either. Yeah. Like, it's just like a shitty thing to do for Marina. Like, sure. Like, is it a bitchy move? 100%. Is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. And it seemingly sparks whatever we're going to see next week. My issue is the moments where it's just flat out bullying. It's not fun. Like when Sutton's sobbing 
And yeah, Kyle I didn't is like, like that. Grabbing scene. her arm, and she's like, "Don't be so dramatic." It's like, dude, just let her go. Like she just got reamed out in front of the whole group, and no one said a fucking word. And now you're gonna tell her not to be dramatic, and she's upset. Like it's just that, and then the. Um, I think sounds a little sensitive though. Like if Kim Richards, Kim Richards took some beatings, and Kim Richards barked hard like she was a pit bull, and she would get in your face. I'm not saying that Sutton's not sensitive. I'm not saying that she, you know. I think Sutton has a big bark. Sometimes. Sutton has a big bark and she comes hard. And then when the reaction comes back at her, she kind of, you know, squabbles. It's, it's more so like I don't, there's unwarranted reactions when she gets dragged into the middle of something where she's not really a part of it. And then like she, does she insert herself in certain places where she shouldn't? Sure. Yeah. But everybody does that. She's not the yeah, only one yeah. doing it. It's just that she gets such a worse beating than the other ones do to the point where then you see, like, I was so stoked when I saw like Kyle and Dorit at odds and they're at odds with Erica, like the Fox yeah. Wars fives, like break. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to see. I want to see the jabs. I yeah. want to see the petty shit, but I want it to be not the same people against the same people yeah. all the time. That's where we have our issues with Beverly Hills. It's like, we're watching this shit over and over again and our opinions are going to become more serious if we're seeing this shit week in and week out yeah. because we have to continue to comment on it and it's like if they're going to continue to bully Sutton seven episodes in a row then our comments are going to get more serious about it because it's like dude fucking just stop one it's not entertaining and two we get it you don't fucking like her like leave her alone yeah no, I think that's what made one this most recent episode the most compelling is we had Kyle and Dorit, and then we had Kyle and Erica. Mm -hmm. And these are long-standing friendships, right? And these are real friendships. So I like seeing the conflict because to me, that's a lot more real. That To me, that's why it's harder when we integrate these newer housewives like Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal. And I think that's why they feel like they're on the outside is because these other women have been on the show for so long that they have such a deeper relationship and a deeper friendship that, you know, like think about it. If you guys were on a reality show, you guys, you had some new that came onto the show that was starting to like poke at one of you guys like wouldn't you feel defensive of each other because you guys have a stronger deeper relationship and this newbie's coming in and kind of poking and prodding and I think again Sutton has a big bark um, and she just doesn't have as strong enough of a backbone I think Garcelle definitely has a strong backbone she just doesn't have a strong storyline um, so that's why I wouldn't say she's a queen for me but <laughs> listen but I enjoy all of them on the show you know even when I dis. <clears throat> even when I dislike something that they're doing, like I still think Kathy Hilton is enjoyable on the show. I think she's probably a monster off of the show and the things that I've heard about her don't make her sound any greater, but I think she's fun to watch on the show. And I think all of these women, when we look at it from a lens of entertainment, I think it can be enjoyable as long as we just kind of look at it as that it's not that serious at the end of the day. And I know it's hard because now we're bringing in like deeper, you know, storylines with like the Girardi key stuff and, you know, the former clients that are coming forward and that kind of makes it dark. And sometimes people want Erica to have more compassion. And I agree. That's a bit hard to watch. Um, but I mean, listen, I, I'm still about, let's bring the fun back into housewives. I'm ready for hey, We don't stand shame shit. here, okay? There's no stand shaming coming from us. You stand for who you stand <laughs> hey, for. Support That's who fine. you support. Yeah, I think I it know. should be a support. I don't think we should stand anyone. I stand the show. But I think sure. I think what it is is culturally we're just we're kind of done with the model of housewives. And I think that's why it feels so fatiguing and that's why we're yeah. taking it so seriously. Is we've watched it for what, fifteen over fifteen years now that it's like at some point I think Bravo just needs to start introducing us to newer content, such as, mm -hmm. you know, the Paris, the girls in Paris, real girls in Paris. Is that what it's called? Real girlfriends. Real girlfriends. Real girlfriends of Paris. Yeah. See, and I think that's like, I mean, some people hate it, but I think, listen, 
let's mix it up and let's see what content is going to be because Housewives is not going to be around for another five years. Housewives yeah, won't be they, here in 10 years. They need to usher in sort of like a, a new era of Housewife shows or something like that because they're losing the younger generations. Like our yeah. generation isn't really connecting too much with these. I mean, we still love watching it, but we're not really connecting a whole lot with, you know, 50 year old women, 60 year old women, as much as we would, you know, 25 year old women. And obviously they're younger than us, but Steele and I talked about it on our show. Like some of the stuff that they talk about resonates with us because we've gone through it in the last couple of years. Some of the stuff that they talk about in the housewife show, we're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like we're so out of touch with all of that, that they need to start catering towards the younger generations if they want to keep viewers. Because if people start dropping off, like you said, they're getting tired of the housewife show just coming on and coming off and going on. And it's the same storyline every year, same dynamic pretty much across the board with all the franchises. They need to do something like Real Girlfriends of Paris. Now that might not last. People might get tired of it, but they need to just kind of experiment out and, and they have the resources to just do whatever the hell they want. And that's what we want to see is just them trying to at least reach out to us and show us, look, we're going to have something on TV that's going to be a little bit more lighter, whimsical. It's not going to be, oh, the sky's falling every episode because yeah. somebody's bullying somebody else. So it'll keep us engaged. And that and that's what we want to see. Now, I do want to touch on one thing. You said if Steele and I had a reality show, if yeah. somebody came in and was just poking at us, if he came in and he started poking at Steele, I'd probably poke along. Steele deserves it. One hundred percent. I would be me versus those two. We like, and that's yeah, the difference that's the between two straight men and a group of women. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I, I think you're probably right. I don't know, you know, but you're probably right. Because you know, it's yeah. Women are women can be a lot. When you're a, a Real Housewife, they put you on that show because you're petty, you know, and you're gonna, mm-hmm. you know. Get into the but heat here's of it. the thing, Zach. As two straight dudes, we have to be very careful how we talk about this. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you guys have done well. I mean, I feel like you know people are really enjoying enjoying the podcast. Yeah, we try oh, yeah. to be respectful to everybody. We just we want everybody and anybody to come listen. That's why you know we say that. That's the our intro to the show is so bland. I think, and it was like the first thing that I thought of when we were doing it. Like. Welcome back to another episode of the Brawl Bros from the Bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. But it's kind of become like a moniker, I guess, where it started mm-hmm. out like our first episode. I didn't know what the fuck to say. I was yeah. like, uh, blah. And it just, yeah. it's kind of stuck. So that's like, I guess, kind of what we stand by is like, yeah, we're Brawl Bros, but like anybody can be a Brawl Bro. Guy, mm-hmm. girl, whomever yeah. wants to be a Brawl Bro, you're, you're one of us. Come on in. I love it. And Steel, to your point about real girlfriends in Paris, I feel like, because yeah, I've seen a lot of like traditional Bravo fans kind of like uh, throw some heat their way. But I think what I noticed with you is you kind of came into the show. Um, you came into the show with like an, an open mind and kind of like wanting to like be like, you know, what? Let, let, like, let's see what the show is all about and let's see if it's going to be anything, if it's going to be good or not. And and I think you guys have built like an appreciation for it, knowing it's not comparable to Housewives, but it can be like yeah. just lighthearted TV that doesn't have to be, you know, that I think not enough people are giving it that open mind being like, I'm not going to compare it, but let me give it a try and let me see if I can have it on in the background while I'm kind of cooking dinner. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of what everyone's going to have to do with this new generation of Bravo shows that's going to come out. And we've talked about it a little bit on our show, just how important it is like to Bravo's network for these next few show ideas to kind of hit. And I think what we're going to see if they want it to go in the right direction is to have more of a Girlfriends in Paris model, have more of a Summer House model be 
the main thing or like, and maybe that's why they're pushing winter house more. But if you start to lean into, I guess, like Southern charm, summer house, girlfriends in Paris, like that sort of setup versus the housewife setup, I think is more relatable to our generation because it's younger people in a house together, partying, they're having weird relationships with each other. They're looking for jobs. Like they're trying to like start some stuff. And I think that this generation specifically can relate to all of that so well, because, you know, these past five years or so have been tough on a lot of people. So we can kind of resonate with watching some shit that like people are struggling versus the allure that is, you know, the housewives franchise where that still, I think has a place if they can figure out how to kind of change it, because that is why people got into those shows. It's like, Holy Mm -hmm. shit, look at all this money, luxury, wealth. Wow. So I think that if they just kind of understand what they need to put out there a little bit more. Just give us like a balance or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think what they need to do is scrap all the current housewife shows and, and pivot over to the housewives legacy model where you bring back some of the most favorite housewives. And we kind of do like a limited run of where they are today. Cause we know what they're doing it with New York. And I think if you bring some of like those top housewives together, not all of them are going to do it, obviously, but like kind of like a look back and kind of have them get together after all these years, some of like the pivotal, whoever we would consider like the OG or not the OGs, but like the, you know, the reigning queens of that particular franchise, similar to like what we're doing with New York, we're bringing them all together, we're kind of going to see them check in with each other and see where their lives are now. That way we kind of get to, to check in with them see where they're at now but we the i mean i just think the longevity of some of these shows now i mean i think potomac can go on salt lake city might be able to go on a bit miami might have a little bit of legs but i think some of these older ones like atlanta new york even beverly hills like i think at some point we kind of just need to scrap that model and pivot because i think what bravo was really good at and why housewives was so successful at the beginning is it was exposure to different cultures right you know that's why we liked um Shaws of Sunset and I think even Southern Charm and even Real Housewives we had Atlanta New York Beverly Hills and it was a peek into that world and that city and what the people in those cities were like you know and I think if Bravo can pivot back to that I think Paris is great I mean now they're trying they're trying to go more international which I think might be a smart idea because they did Real Housewives of Dubai which was a total flop but now we have Girlfriends in Paris did you guys like Dubai at all I thought it was trash and I got heat for saying that it's trash It's yeah. just not. No, it's we just talked. Not we good. talked about girlfriend in Paris, just saying like the allure of Paris is going to be everything that Dubai wasn't. Dubai was a dud for us. We watched, I think, the first two episodes, and then I came back. My fiance was watching it. She's like, "Yeah, it was kind of interesting tonight." And then the next episode was just complete dud. We didn't even bother really watching the reading. I mean, there wasn't anything to do. The the rating said it all. Their finale bombed they had yeah. they and their finale aired on the week that beverly hills did not air so they didn't even have a lead-in oh and wow. it bombed it got less than the week prior and i'm like when do you have a finale that does less than the week the episode before the finale mm-hmm. a one you, episode finale yeah what do you think they're gonna do with it though because i mean i they're think Ion is really the only redeemable housewife on that show I mean, everybody else can kind of just go if they can figure out a place for Ion somewhere, maybe Ultimate Girls Trip or something like that. Here's the thing is that's what everybody thought about Caroline Stanbury 
coming on here. They're like, she was the only yeah. one that was good from Ladies of London. Okay. Um, and then you put her in this other formula of Dubai, and she really didn't shine. I think the problem with Ion, I think she's great, but I also think she's too reality TV savvy that we mm -hmm. don't really get to see her outside of her character, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think it's fun for the first season, but I think eventually it might end up biting her in the butt down the line. I mean, that's to I honestly say just thought that her personality was that. I mean, she did a good job of portraying her character if that's what she was doing. I just felt like it was too, there was too much of a trope. There was too much of a, let me deliver a line. Let me play up this character. To me, it felt like she knew Housewives a little too much, that she was playing it up for the cameras a little too hard. Maybe yeah. that was just me being a little too judgmental because I... After the first episode of Dubai, I was like, what a flop. Because we were all so excited about Dubai. And yeah. it just totally bombed. Yeah, no, we, um, I think we covered it for three weeks. And then we just said, you know what? It's, this isn't worth our time or your time as listeners. Like, it's just, it ain't it. And yeah. they leaned on the, like Shooter touched on. They tried to lean so heavy into like, look at Dubai. Like, it's so luxurious and like a different world. Like, a, and it fell so short after like the first episode. I'm like, yeah, we get it. We're in Dubai, but like these ladies don't even really know each other. Mm -hmm. Stanberry's like phoning it in. She could give two shits about being on the show. I agree with Shooter. I, I really enjoyed Ion. Um, could she be playing it up? Absolutely. But, you know, we like to use sports references a lot. Like you, you got to get better as seasons go on. Yeah. Like, if you have a tough year or if you learn from it, you, you'd come back better the next season. So I think that she has the highest ceiling yeah, as the I housewives agree. on that show. Like she could, you could easily bring her into like an ultimate girl scenario. And I think she'd be yeah. great because one, like she'd be over the top, but she also might get checked by some of the older housewives that have been around for longer. They'll be like, well, you're going to try to be iconic to like Dorinda or to like Teresa. They're going to shut you down so fast. So I think mm -hmm. that she has some room to learn, but I think that she has some upward mobility here. Yeah. And I yeah. think she can take the, I think she can spar with the older, the OGs. I think oh, yeah. she has think the so backbone. Too. Sutton could never, but she has the <laughs> backbone that she could actually go toe to toe with some of these OGs and she could do it. Like Teresa would eat Sutton alive, but I think Ion would really be able to hold her own. Mm -hmm. I do too. I agree. Thank you guys for coming back on No Filter. Yeah, this oh, yeah. was fun. Great. You guys are always here. a blast to chat with. Everybody needs to go and subscribe to Brav Bros. You guys are available on all podcast platforms, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. And what are your Instagram and TikTok handles? We are at Brav underscore bros on Instagram and Twitter. And on TikTok, we are at Brav Bros, no underscore. There we go. I love it. Do you want to shout out your personal handles or you're like, no, 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 stay out of the DM? Yeah, they'll find us nah, if they want to find us. <laughs> just bra bros. Just bra bros. They creep in eventually, so it's all good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Steel Shooter, thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Lots more content to come. We just launched our YouTube memberships. So if you want to subscribe for that, you can click the link in the description below. Lots of exclusive behind the scenes vlogs, exclusive live streams where we really spill some extra tea that I can't reveal on the podcast. Maybe I'll get more into some of the tea that I, I teased in today's episode with the Brav Bros. But if you want to follow me, you can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. If you don't give a shit about me, but you want all the latest reality TV tea, then follow the show at No Filter with Zach. And be sure to stock up on some Housewives Watch and Wine at NoFilterWine.com. It's 13% alcohol by volume, less than a gram of sugar. Please be 21 or older to order 
and sip responsibly, but hopefully you are enjoying the last of your summer as we go into fall and we head into Scary Island. It's time to rewatch some of those old, those old Real Houses of New York episodes so we can channel. Or we have to get ready for Kyle in Halloween Ends. Halloween's coming. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.